Spotlight podcast series presented by Cox Business. I'm your host, Glenn Fontaine, and we're joined here by Andy Deutsch of Cox Business. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. So this new podcast series is aimed to try to spotlight on the local small business owners of East Greenwich and the greater community. I'm going to try to highlight some of their stories and some of the struggles that they've gone to and some of their successes and then specifically talking about some of their experiences over the past year during the pandemic. We're really excited for our first guest. Andy, would you like to do the introduction? Sure. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, So this is a friend of mine and very, very honored to have as our first guest here today. Uh, It is TJ Martucci of the Martucci Group. TJ, how are you doing today? I'm great, Andy. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, we, uh, if you've been out in East Greenwich at any time in your life over the past 10 years, you have undoubtedly stopped, seen, or heard of one of TJ's many restaurants under the Martucci Group umbrella. Um, so you guys have four and soon to be five, correct? Correct. Yep. And, and you can tell us about those? Yeah. Yep. So uh, our four brands that we're currently running today are the Safe House Modern Neighborhood Eatery. We have um, Kai Bar up on Main Street. We have Bezos Kitchen and Cocktail, also on Main Street, about uh, two blocks away. And then our flagship store, which is the Trap uh, Brew Pub and Grill, uh, which currently we're building uh, another one down in South County as well. Yeah, and that's exciting. That's in the old Charlio's building. And uh, Glenn, I'm sure you've been to Charlio's uh, a time or two in your past. Uh, actually, my you, uh, I'm not. <laughs> I've not. I've not been there. Never been to Charlie's. Wow. No, for, okay. All right. I've, I've only been to Rhode Island for about 12 years, and uh, you know, as Steve will attest, is, is that most of that time is spent going from home to the chamber and chamber back to home. So oh, what, I, don't, a, I don't go out quite a, a dedicated bit. employee. So, yeah, unfortunately, I think you have what a couple weeks, uh, a weeks left to go visit the place before uh, before it gets leveled and turned into something awesome. What are you guys doing down there? Yeah. So uh, this has been a project. Uh, a, a dream of mine for a while. Uh, we started working on it in 2018. Um, being a, a past Narragansett resident, I grew up in Narragansett until I was 10 years old and a graduate of URI. Uh, this project kind of, it, it really kind of rung home to me. Um, so uh, we were finally able to close on the deal back in uh, February of this year. Charlie O's was a great place, an amazing place. And uh, both uh, Charlie uh, and Chris Simon, you know, both did a good job with that place. But unfortunately, over time, it is just, uh, it's deteriorated uh, now since it's been closed down for a year and a half. It's, uh, there's mold in there. And I know a lot of people are disappointed to see it go, but I can promise them that what I'm going to put back there is going to be an absolute portfolio piece for those that are involved in building it. And it's going to be something that the town can be really proud of. Yeah, and it's interesting. It's, uh, it's, you, know, you closed on it in February of last year. Uh, and then, wow. you know, what, two weeks later, no kidding. Uh, everything wow. got pulled, the rugs no, pulled no, no, out. No, sorry, Fe- February of this year, I closed. February of this year, okay, I yeah. was going to say, and, wow, it was very, very tough. But uh, thankfully that I did get delayed because I tried to close on it in January of 2020. Wow. And uh, I was really close to closing on it, and then all this madness hit. And so, uh, you know, the, the, you know, God's plan kind of thing. Yeah, and so we go back to, uh, this is an interesting project for you. So if you look at the four brands you have today, you know, as the crow flies, they're, you know, what, a mile and a half away from each <laughs> other, and you have four. And, you know, I think a big question is, do you feel like there's any internal competition that you have? Because I'll be honest with you, there's some nights I've had dinner at Bezos and then a cocktail at Kai Bar down the street, and, uh, you know, you take them from one and go into the other. Do you, do you see um, this fifth brand coming in down at Charlie's location to be something different? Is that changing any of the management style or, or the way you see it? Nope. Uh, you make a good point. There is the risk of some cannibalization within the town and being, you know, overly saturated. Uh, I think um, despite how difficult this past year has been, um, 
unfortunately, it seems like Providence has been, you know, taken a brunt of this this hit. And so it makes towns like East Greenwich maybe even that more of a, mm. a of, of kind of the first choice for people's options kind of thing. So, uh, you know, we do have a few more restaurants coming into town, which, you know, uh, the saying, it's competition breeds success type of thing. But um I do, uh, I do worry about that at times, but no, with the, this is why we're moving out of town. This is why we're going down to South County is that I think that there is, uh, there's a different market down there. Um, we certainly are going to have to learn how to become a little bit more seasonal. I mean, all of my businesses have seasonality to it, but I would expect this one to probably have the most seasonality to it. So well, you mentioned uh, changing things over the last year. So let's, let's, let's talk about that for, for a little bit here. So you know, we, a year ago, we kind of came into this pandemic and you guys had to pivot and, and pivot really hard. Can you tell us, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy to think a year later here, you guys are growing. So obviously you, you must have that special sauce to, to see it through and get to that next level and take the next step. And I got to give it to you, you know, you hear about, uh, you know, like you said, restaurants in Providence closing their doors all the time. And, and now you're in, you know, I'll say scalable, very scalable growth mode. Um, tell, how did you pivot so well and, and breed such success in the last, you know, 14 months that have just been, you know, uh, hell for everybody else? Well, uh, I'll tell you, I think me and a lot of people, it was, it was frustrating because we were off to our best start ever in a year, uh, back at the beginning of 2020, uh, January, February, and March of those years were, uh, of last year was, was big months for us. Hmm. And, you know, it's funny cause I always attributed January and February being slow to uh, credit card debt coming out of the <laughs> holiday season and people wanting to be on diets, you know, you know, dry January and sure. all that stuff. Yeah. And all of that myth got debunked by the fact that uh, the winter of 2020 was the most mildest winter on record. And that's all it is, is it kept people, that the cold is what keeps people indoors, not diets and not, not financial restrictions. Sure. So we were off to our best start. We were probably up uh, 22% over 2019, which was already a record year. Wow. So we were, I mean, we, we were coming out, you know, guns blazing. And then, you know, this hits and uh, it was scary. It was scary. You know, I, uh, I worked, uh, I want to say I worked 80 days straight until I felt comfortable enough to, um, to leave the building kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh -huh. I, and I remember, I, I think I, I probably saw you on the 79th day, uh, when we were getting <laughs> Bezos back open and, uh, it was a stressful time for sure. I, I can attest to that. And, and you know, I, I've, you've seen, I mean, I've watched it work hard through the whole thing. So, you know, no one can take that, that piece away from you. And, and this is certainly not an accident that there's that success there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So when this hit, we, unfortunately we had to close Kaibar. Uh, we had to close Bezos because it's not really a conducive, uh, uh, you know, takeout place. Okay, so it, it was that uh, was takeout or the occupancy or it both? was well. If you think about it, at the beginning, it was it oh, was yeah, only takeout, over. right? So uh, we just felt like there's no way that Bezos could stay viable with just doing takeout, especially because it's our it's our fine dining segment mm -hmm. of our of our restaurant group. Uh, Kai Bar, you know, ninety five percent of their sales is alcohol, five percent is food, so. Food is such a small piece of it that, uh, again, that didn't make sense. Um, the trap and the safe house kind of being under one giant umbrella, 
we quickly just consolidated those businesses and ran everything just out of the safe house um, parking lot. And you almost got to look at it, you know, you, you go back to the home base where there's the two restaurants under one roof. You can probably, you know, augment the staff and, you know, massage it a little bit and, and at least keep the business running. And, you know, we stopped by for takeout. I know we, we plugged that pretty hard and the chamber did too. Um, pivoting to that business must have been tough for your employees too. Did you... Um, when you opened back up, did you see people, you know, coming back eager or, or, did you see, or was it everyone just kind of was weathering the storm with you as a team? We were able to keep the kitchen fully employed, which was, which was a, a big concern of mine. Um, so thankfully through takeout, um, we were able to keep the, the kitchen fully employed. Now, maybe not all the hours that they were used to working, but at least we were able to keep, you know, everyone, uh, you know, still have a job. Okay, how many people do you employ across all all the enterprises here? Uh, 165. Wow, that's huge. It's a yep. huge number, right? I mean, uh, especially for us, you know, not a, I won't say small business, but like a you know, small, medium, you know, uh, customer-facing business, 160. That's a, that's a, lot, of, a lot of families out there. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm fascinated in just how, in such a short period of time, too, is, is that it seemed that it's grown. You know, I'm, you know, I mentioned before, I'm, you know, I'm new to Rhode Island and I'm newer to East Greenwich. I, you know, I started working at the chamber in 2013 and I remember, I think I met you for the first time and, you know, Safe House was still Chianti's and the trap was still Parkside. And that <laughs> was, you know, that's, memory. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, now fast forward to 2021 and, you know, you've got, you know, all these brands and now, you know, even expanding, I'm just... You know, so I, I, you know, part of the reason I was excited to have you in, I was just kind of fascinated to hear kind of, you know, the evolution, you know, the story, because I know that, you know, Chianti's and, you know, that, and, you know, that location had been around for a little while. Um, you know, what was, you know, what was the evolution and kind of how is it kind of, you know, tell us a little bit how it's kind of scaled like that so quickly. So I had bought that location in East Greenwich back in 2004. Um, I grew up in the restaurant business. My family always had restaurants. And then when I graduated from URI in accounting, I kind of said, listen, that's, that's enough for me. <laughs> um, so I went on to my professional career while my dad and my brother continued on with uh, country clubs and banquets and, and, and such. And so um, my dad was looking to open up a new restaurant in 2004, and I was looking for simply just a, a real estate investment. So I had bought that location with no intentions on ever going into the restaurant business. <laughs> you know, my, my corporate career was, was off and running. You know, I'm a, I was a you know a financial controller. I was a CFO, and I finished my you know my career with um, Hasbro Toys as director of finance. And uh, I I was in love with corporate America. And then just one day, something kind of went off in my head in 2012, and I wanted to try my hand at being an entrepreneur. You know, mm -hmm. and so I uh, I went uh, back to that location, which, as you said, was Chianti's in the Parkside. And I said, you know, the place is big, so it has you know, size and scale to it. So I said, I looked at it, I said, if you did the right thing here, you could make a decent living. And so, uh, you know, difficult to give up, you know, the the benefits and the pension course, and all yeah. that stuff, yeah. you know. And, but I felt like if there was ever a time to do it without me being married or without me having a family mm -hmm. and it was yep. just me a party of one that I had to, to support, I said, I could figure that out, right? I could scale down as low as I needed to, to, to kind of uh, make it work. And so I, uh, I, Took over Chianti's in May of 2012, and uh, for those that uh, remember the place, I mean, it was not too dissimilar to Charlie O's in that it was uh, it was a it was a the location was a restaurant for many 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 years, and unfortunately, it was just bad renovation after bad renovation <laughs> after bad addition, and so in the end, you have a building that you just can't really do much with. You know, I mean, the the place didn't you know it, it didn't retain heat, the floors were crooked. <laughs> 
And, I, I just uh, remember the, the green carpet and yeah, the Chianti's, which yeah, I, so, I, I thought had a lot of charm. But. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so I, I, when I got there, I, I wanted to do something. And so I was originally going to change the park side. And I said, you know what? The park side has grown at that point. I had owned it, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, nine years or so. And um, it had shown growth every year. And so I was like, you know what? That's not really the business that is broken. Let me focus on Chianti. So I went and I did a remodel of Chianti's. I don't know, you know if you remember that, Andy. Yep. And, uh, and that really kind of pumped some life into it. And so, because um, I just wasn't happy with the direction the way Chianti's was going. And so I remodeled it and I uh, pumped some life into it and it worked. It, it actually, it drove uh, 62% growth in a two-year period. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was great. And so, uh, you know, we brought a new chef in and... But it was still the old school Italian place, and that was fine. It had, it, it, you know, it served its purpose, and it, and you know, with great support from the neighborhoods and stuff, the place was, was still very successful. That pushed me. I took that money, and that pushed me to want to change the park side. And I said, I just had such a different view for this place. And uh, so when I closed it, it, you know, it was almost like a gourmet dive bar, as it was described to me at one point. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like I you, remember the park side. It was, it was ab, ab, I'll tell you, we would always go there because the food was good because it came from downstairs at Chianti. So like you'd, have, right, you'd, yeah. have, you'd have a place to get cheap beer and actually, you know, pretty decent so is food Is it just upstairs. one kitchen between the two? There it is, just, yeah. Oh, so okay. they, hush it, they hustle it up the stairs. So if I was to just be a bar and grill, right, you'd have a much lower caliber of, of a chef that just needs to put out pub food. But because we had Chianti's, mm, yeah. I had, you know, all these skilled chefs downstairs. And so you'd be sitting in a very unassuming bar with, you know, chicken parms and prime rib and penny alla vodka coming up. And it's like, where's all this food coming from? Like, I, you know, yeah. you go into a bar and grill, you just say, give me a burger and don't let me get sick kind of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> kind of thing. So um, anyway, so the place just kept growing and I was like, you know what? I just feel like it. this could be more, right? It could be a better neighborhood bar. And so uh, everyone forever called it the sand trap. And so <laughs> when uh, um, when I was thinking about doing it, I was, I was like, well, people are going to be upset because, you know, change is, you know, people don't like that. And so I'm like, what can I give the, give the neighborhood back um, that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna change their local watering hole, but I want to I want to show my appreciation for them getting me to this point, and that's what gave birth to the name of the trap. Hmm. And so um, you know we 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 in uh, January of 2015, January 2nd of 2015, we chose to level uh, Parkside. Uh, we took it right down to the floor, which that floor is the ceiling to the kitchen. So. Uh, and we nine weeks later, ten weeks later, we we uh, rebuilt it and rebranded it into the trap. And so, you know, I made the commitment to not change my prices, not change my portions, not change my specials, because I really wanted to show my appreciation for the neighborhood people that mm. had made us what we are today. And, uh, and it, I can tell you, you know, being a Parkside guy and see you see the same people coming in now as the trap, which you know is uh, the greatest compliment. You know, I think, uh, yeah. and, you, and you see those same people who were there, you know, ten years ago at Parkside, and they still have that loyalty built in. And I think that, like, you know, we can talk year over year growth, but it, you know, it's the people that make the business. And I think that Absolutely. seeing those people come back, you know, ten years at a time. Um, really speaks volumes about how they valued it. And you, you, you really did honor them as the neighborhood and, you know, being the place between the golf courses and, you know, bringing those people back home. Um, and we got to applaud you for that. I think that, that we did a great job of that. And, uh, you know, you can, uh, you, it's really telling that you can see those kind of people come back year after year. 
Thanks. Well, I think you touched on something really important is, is that, you know, because a restaurant is a different type of business, you know, we're sitting here in a sound studio and a sound studio doesn't have to consider what its place in the neighborhood is, you know, it's just, it's plopped here in an industrial park, but you know, with you, you know, you are, you know, I drive by your restaurant every day on my ride home into work. You know, I live in, you know, down in North Kingstown in Mount View and I, you know, and, and again, you know, you feel like that's that, you know, when I get takeout, like I'm getting, you know, I get takeout from your spot because it's, you know, it's the closest place and the food is great, you know, and it's, but again, like, you know, I, I think that, you know, you, it, it's, it's an interesting responsibility that you have as a restaurant owner where you do, you know, I mean, from a monetary standpoint and a business standpoint, you want to make sure that the product that you're offering is something that, you know, your, your target market wants, but at the same time from, you know, the look, the outside, you know, aesthetic appeal of your restaurant and how it fits into the neighborhood, that's something that a lot of businesses don't need to factor in. So that's, but um, it seems like that's something that you really did focus on. And that also was an attraction for me for the Charlie O's project as well, because that's that almost that same setup where it's surrounded in, in a neighborhood feel. So, um, but so the success of the the trap, uh, which I'm beyond blessed for um, and thankful for, gave birth to the safe house. Because what would happen was was we'd be on a, an hour wait at the trap on a Wednesday night, and we'd be like, "Well, I'm sorry, it's an hour, but." You know, we have tables downstairs. If you just go down this deck and, you know, no, that's okay. We'll come another time. No, we'll come another time. And I was like, Jesus, I'm drawing them down here, but I'm losing them because, yeah. the, you know, the, I think the biggest problem with the trap is it just wasn't big enough. And so the success of the trap gave birth to the safe house. And so, you know, where do you go to not be trapped anymore? You go down into the safe <laughs> house, right? Uh, and that's kind of where the name came from. So, uh, and, and the, the combination of the two, I think have worked well together. Um, you know, I think uh, if you're a customer or client uh, of uh, of the trap, then the safe house should be something that you could enjoy, and vice versa. I think if you're uh, if you're a customer of the safe house, I think there's no reason why you couldn't go upstairs and en and enjoy uh, enjoy the trap. I think once in a while, I think people think it's kind of a young person's bar, but absolutely not. It's such a good eclectic mix of people. And uh, you have different it. things going on too, because there's been times, you know, we've been at the trap and, you know, the DJ's on and, you know, before the COVID, obviously, you know, people are starting to dance stuff. And I was like, hey, like, why don't we just go downstairs and have a drink like, you know, an adult. And then there's been times we had dinner at the safe house and said, oh, though, you hear the thud of the music upstairs. You're like, all right, you know, like we've settled in, right? You know, digest, let's go upstairs, you know? And yeah, I think so that's uh, what it, it it's was a neat option. You get choices there. I think it was meant to be too. a night out, right? Yeah. Without changing locations. And exactly. that's what it was intended to With be. With parking so. too, which is a, a tough, tough thing in East Greenwich in that area, is the parking. You have plenty of lots. And I, and I know you've expanded that. It's like... Uh, it's interesting. You can see what's on the horizon. Like, you know, you need more parking, you expand the parking lot. You know, you have the, your employees park around the corner down by the pasta pad. You know, I think it's a, it's a good vision that you guys had there to make it, like you said, a complete night out without having to move your car. Right. And we have a private event space there for yep. upwards of 80 people and you can do meetings in there, which Cox has done before. And, and so it's almost like three businesses in one. So it's great. So, uh, so, you know, that project altogether, then, you know, I think coming from corporate America and seeing big business, right? So, you know, I always worked in Fortune 500 companies. And so, you know, it's, I loved being self-employed, but I'm like, well, what else is there, right? Like, well, you know, can I grow this thing, right? Mm. You know, I, uh, you know, someone that I ho hold in high, high regards is the Newport Restaurant Group, right? How do they do it? How do they get there, right? And so, uh, you know, I, I have this desire to be a small version of them. And so that, uh, pushed me to uh, um, open up Bezos. And so uh, Bezos was a great brand that was built by a previous owner. And, uh, and you know, that comes with its, with its own challenges as well, mm. though, because uh, you're almost boxed in and you can't really set the tone for what the place really wants to be. But um, 
we've slowly pivoted away from the fine dining aspect and we're actually um, in May of this year, we're actually going to be changing the name of Bezos Kitchen and Cocktail to Bezos Bistro. Oh, okay. So uh, if you look on, up and down the street, there's really no bistro on the street. And so really with these difficult times that we're coming out of, right, and with everyone kind of in this takeout mode and things like that, we felt like, you know, fine dining is hard enough in, its, uh, in and of itself. And there's still people that do it very, very, very well. But we wanted to kind of get a little bit away from that and knowing that fast casual has really been the, the, the growth in, in the hospitality business. People are moving, in my opinion, away from the fine dining piece really? of it. And they, they still want a great meal and they still want great service. But how they experience those two has changed over time. And mm. there's a bunch of national studies and things like that. But if we look at just our small little world inside of East Greenwich, I think it holds true as well. So, you know, we've really kind of dialed it back. We've gone, we've changed the chairs, we've changed the tables, we're launching a new menu. Uh, the pizza oven obviously comes back in May 1st of this year, which people really seem to enjoy. So, um, so I mean, we're excited for that. Spot on Street, yeah, yeah, man, the, like. out, the outside bar. <laughs> yeah, and so that and outside that was, bar, uh, the people watching is, is beautiful. Yeah. Right? So the vision, the vision of that was the national, uh, the national hotel in Block Island. Yeah. So you, know, you sit at that bar and you see everyone drive by. So the same thing. So, uh, and then from there, uh, you know, the uh, Kai, the Kai bar opportunity presented itself, and I said, you know. I had tried to build a nightlife at Bezos, and in fact, Bezos had a nightlife, um, and they purposely kind of moved away from that. Um, it, you know, just previous owners, previous managers, just different beliefs, and so, um, so they kind of gave up that nightlife. And so, for me to try to bring that back proved to be very difficult. Mm. I mean, we did it in 2019. We tried, right? We we tried a late night menu. You know, we we tried live music a couple of times, and I think just people feel like, you know, Bezos is just a place to dine. And so with me having a nighttime spot off of Main Street, I said, well, if I can't build it, then, you know, if there's an opportunity to buy into the the, the, the nightlife on Main Street, um, maybe I should consider that. And so that's what made me kind of look at Kai Bar and say, hmm. you, know, you know, at least now I have, you know, equal representation on the street. That, that's so interesting because you're coming from a Fortune 500 company where they, you know, they do polls and surveys and, you know, have 5,000 people they can sample from. Do you sometimes look at, you know, your four different spots and, you know, one's a little less, one's a little higher than you can kind of like internalize, you know, where people are going? Or are you looking at uh, some trends like outside of your, your I, own purview? We simply look at, I mean, for me, my measurement is always year over year you know, growth, you know, and so we're always looking at things on sequential, you know, month to month as well as year over year. And so that's kind of how we, you know, measure our success, our failures kind of thing. Break it up into pieces and yeah, yeah. look at the big picture. So that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I think everyone's looking forward. So we know Charlie is on the horizon. Is there any other inside secrets that, uh, we can get from you? Where, where are we headed in summer? You said there's new stuff going on at Bezos, the ovens back up, we're switching to a bistro. Uh, what other new up-and-coming stuff do you guys have that you can share with us? <laughs> we uh, Well, for Safe House and Trap, we, I think we're finally really close to putting the whole team back together, at least from uh, the back of the house standpoint. Um, I know, you know Glenn, you touched upon earlier on in the, in the session about uh, labor shortage, mm -hmm. shortages. And, uh, you know, it's in the news, and I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, I think, you know, when this thing hit, with a lot of people not knowing how they were going to pay their bills... I think you have a lot of people that left the industry, right? So a lot of people went and found other employment, mm. whether it be in the housing market that's booming, 
uh, you know, whether it be at some of these other big box shops kind of thing that can provide probably an equal wage with better benefits and better hours. Uh, and then unfortunately there's those that just are not coming back to work, right? They just, they're sitting out, uh, sitting on the sidelines, uh, you know, unfortunately collecting unemployment and, you know, we can't hire like Bezos has no bartenders, right? And that used to be one of like, that's we, what everyone wants. We used, they want to be the bartender. We used to, <laughs> we used to post an, an ad and we'd get a hundred applicants, right? Wow. We've had an ad running on Indeed and uh, Craigslist and we've gotten like practically nothing, right? Wow. And so that's amazing. That, yeah. that in itself is amazing. So, and, and, it's, and, and, you're really, not, and you're not a fly by night, you no, know what I and mean? And so like, really no different than uh, um, down the street at Safe House and, and the Trap. Um, you know, we're finally, we, we, we're actually, um, you know, are just almost back to a full team in the back of the house. But, you know, for instance, the other day when it was nice out, I don't have enough people to open my outside bar. So here it is where we're down, we were down 55% as a group in 2020. We have so much ground to make up and there's actually finally demand to actually make up this ground and we can't even service the people that we we have you know oh. so uh, it, it it's frustrating right and so me you know being the owner of course i want to try to go after all the business i can but i need to be very mindful of my employees and to make sure that i don't overwhelm them and that that's really been the key lately is trying not to overwhelm people and so they, it's a double-edged sword you know you want the business but at the same time you want to be able to kind of keep the people happy and you know, can be able to serve them it, well it, when they're there it's been hard man it's been really hard and so um uh, you know it's like you add people to the team and then people are so burnt out because we've been so overstaffed that by the time you add them someone else you know the attrition kicks oh, in and, and more people fall off so we're slowly climbing that hill uh, you know, it sounds like other people maybe have it a little bit worse than us, but, uh, you know, we're doing the best we can. And we're really, really uh, thankful for the business that we have had, right? So the the takeout business, we had to learn to, to you know, we're not a traditional takeout place, right? I we're have not. to, I have to just as a quick aside, you guys have it down to, the safe house has it down to a science. <laughs> that takeout system is perfect. It's uh, absolutely perfect. It really I've is done great, it a bunch yeah. of times, but it's, I, I drive right up. They see my car. They come right out. I never wait. It's, 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 it, and they're always friendly. Yeah. You've got it down to it. It's, it's like a well-oiled machine. I I'm sure that it. took a couple of weeks of uh, getting <laughs> used to. We had, we had one Friday night in particular that it was, it was just, it, it crashed, right? The system crashed and I felt horrible, right? And I mean, you're talking about someone that's there day and night during these times that I'm doing deliveries, right? Cause we didn't sign up with, you know, uh, Uber Eats and yeah. you know DoorDash and stuff because they were consuming so much of our profits. So you know here I am I'm out on delivery every night. Really? Um, yeah, wow. and, which is great because I got to see a lot of my customers that I hadn't seen. But you know you're talking about a business that went from maybe doing three to four hundred dollars a takeout on a you know on a weekend night to seven thousand. Wow. So sure, seven thousand sounds great. Now that's still seventy percent down from where we normally would be. But so think about having to try to do that, right? So. It, it, it was difficult, but um, I really am thankful for all the business that, you know, not only you two gentlemen have given me, but uh, the rest of the neighborhood and local people of East Greenwich. I mean, it's it's really the only reason why we're still standing is because of those people. And you keep, I keep coming back to the people, you know, whether it's uh, you getting down in the trenches, rolling your sleeves up and fighting through uh, your waitstaff and bartenders. I see them hustling and through the, working through the ever-changing demands of, you know, plexiglass, face shields, taking information, all that stuff. 
you know, to the neighborhood. It seems like this is a, a very people-based industry. And I don't just mean, you know, your clients that come in are people right through the the backbone. It's uh, you're relying on the people in the neighborhood. And, uh, you know, I, we thank you for being open, truthfully. You know, uh, a lot of people, whether it's the people you employ. How bad would the quarantine have been if we oh, didn't have restaurants to I go know, to and get food from? I know. It would be, <laughs> I would have had to cook for myself, Glenn. It would have been horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, and right back at, you know, uh, I know from a chamber perspective, we appreciate you guys are always the first to donate the first to offer the first to be there. Um, cause I think you see the intrinsic value in the people and the network that we have. Yeah. And I do just to further that point, I want to just give uh, proper thanks and credit to Steve and Amy and Glenn and the rest of the team there, because, uh, you know, the, the, the chamber always tries hard, but I think through this, these times, you guys have really uh, raised the bar in yourselves. Thank you and, so much. Uh, yeah, no, uh, um, they, you know, just, you know, procuring the heaters, um, you know, you guys, uh, Amy went above and beyond to, uh, to get us igloos, which was a huge hit at Bezos and is going to be a staple going forward. Awesome. Pandemic, no pandemic. Um, you know, we will have igloos going forward. It was just a great vibe out there. So I owe that thanks to, to the chamber. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll beat the dead horse here. You know, the chamber, we came up with a couple of things, you know, as a company, we don't, we keep, we're not sponsoring public gatherings. So like, you know, uh, Steve and in his infinite wisdom is pivoting from main street strolls and golf tournaments. And now here we are doing a podcast series and, um, you know, I think it's just adapting and I think the chamber's done a really good job. And, you know, like I said, uh, hats off to you guys for being, you know, a small chamber, but still being there every day, getting the grants, getting the money, getting the Eagles, doing all that stuff. And then being smart enough to, you know, adapt to the way to get you out of this. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the chamber, you know, we're, we're no different than anybody else. You know, we, you know, we were, you know, so much of our, of, of, you know, what we do is, you know, event-based, you know, in person, you know, we're doing the strolls, we're doing restaurant week, we're doing all these things or business after hours. And all of a sudden, well, we can't be, you know, no one can be in the same room together anymore, you know, so now what do we do? And we had to pivot, you know, just, just like restaurants, you know, you know, well, we can't make, you know, can't have people in, we'll get find another way to get food to the people. We needed to figure out another way to, you know, try to, you know, better East Greenwich as a place to, you know, live, work, play, and do business. So, and we just, uh, but, you know, I, I, you know, as, you know, Steve would attest to, you know, that, that comes from the members too. You know, it comes from, you know, being able to, you know, get input of what they needed. And, you know, we were also able to, you know, draw upon a lot of help from, you know, different, you know, government agencies and organizations. And, you know, I think that I, I'm ever being the optimist, I always try to look for silver linings in things. And one thing that I've been really kind of, you know, that I think the one thing that we can draw out of this pandemic has just been the ability that people have shown to kind of be malleable and pivot and, you know, look at things a little differently. I, I bring up the example of uh, Jerry's, the, uh, the barbershop right next to the chamber, you know, has been in business for years. And, you know, after, you know, when they started opening back up, you know, started doing online scheduling. Had the pandemic now it hit and the, all these restrictions, when would they, they have yeah. set up an online <laughs> scheduling system to be able to get? I don't know. If Jerry haircut. knows how to like, use a computer. I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Well. But you know he, he's learned. You know, you know, it forced him to learn, and it, you know, it's forced the chamber to kind of you know to reevaluate things and do things differently. Um, so I think that there's you know there's there's always things that you know you you're 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 presented with an with an obstacle. Um, you know, and how you overcome that, you know, at the end of, you know, on the other side of that, I think it ultimately makes you, you know, a better, better individual business organization, whatever it may be. And, so. and I think it was wise for Steve not to give you a single day off, uh, last year, which I think is, is really good. I think it's good. To we adopt the Bill Belichick ethos, yeah. no days off. Yeah. No days <laughs> off. And, uh, yeah, we, in to Glenn's credit, we had a new member of the chamber, what, eight months ago. 
in the form of Glenn's daughter, Tatum. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes the latest think, member actually, of Tatum. Actually, uh, just as you were saying that, I was like, actually, no, I had, I, I was out with in front of the baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I had, I worked, I was actually working in the hospital room, though, for Steve, you know, because we had a golf tournament, like, uh, while I was out. But right. Yeah. Priorities. You, know, you, gotta, you gotta really focus. Well, uh, We've said it all, right? Is there anything that we're missing here, TJ? Uh, you, you know, thank you again for coming. We really appreciate it, and, and it sounds like you appreciate everybody else too. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely, thanks again to the customers out there that did support us. And uh, you know, there's plenty of restaurants in East Greenwich, so uh, you know, support us all. Not just the Martucci Group. There's uh, there's up and down the street. There's great brands, and so try, you know, try to hit them all if you can. And uh, we'll be back, what, next month to talk. Uh, we're going to pick a new guest next month, Glenn. Yeah, we're right? going to have yeah. – uh, we have a nice roster of guests. I won't uh, won't give it away yet. You'll top have to secret, tune in. Yeah. Yeah, top, top secret. Uh, but, no, we're really excited for the series going forward, and we're really happy that uh, Cox was able to help us make it happen. So uh, We're very glad to do it, and uh, we're looking forward to this series. So everybody stay tuned next month, and we'll, uh, we'll be here for you. All right. See you next time. All right. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, guys.